Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello and welcome to Baseball Barbacast, the only baseball podcast in the world that doesn't know about any of the trades. I'm Jake Mintz. That's Jordan Schusterman. And it's probably better if you know about the trades in your baseball podcast. We are recording this at 5.30 on Tuesday afternoon. The trade deadline is rapidly approaching, but for the third year in a row, Jake has decided to be in the dark for a portion of time before the trade deadline. And this year, we have blown it out to an extreme degree. Jake Mintz, you have not looked at your phone or seen anything that has happened in the baseball trade landscape in the last 24 hours. And now, here on this podcast and on this Twitch and YouTube live stream, I will reveal the truth to you and we will talk about it because we are friends with a baseball podcast. Jake, before we start revealing the trades, and I'm going to work my way up here. Uh, by the way, producer Chris is joining us here. Uh, producer Chris, we're going to put you back uh, behind the scenes. And the way this is going to work is if you're watching on stream, when a trade happens in the next half an hour, producer Chris will let us know. He will tell us. Um, and we will have the trade broken to both of us. And he's already telling us there is one, but but we're going to hold on to that for a second. Okay. So hold on to those trades. Uh, Chris, don't you worry. We're going to get to them. But I have a lot more to tell Jake about over the last 24 hours. So before I start revealing them to you, Jake, yeah. how did you do this? And then tell us what you do know, what has leaked through to you. So it is actually really easy. All you have to do is not look at your phone as much as you usually do. And mm-hmm. for me, you might think, oh, that's hard. He's you know a baseball reporter, content man. Nope. It was actually pretty simple. I went for a 50-mile bike ride today. Really lovely. When everyone else in this industry, Jordan, is trying to be an insider, I accepted the fact that I am literally an outsider and I spent all day outside on my bike. Here's what has leaked through to me over the last 24 hours. The last trade that I learned about was Paul Seawald Paul to the Diamondbacks. I don't know the return. I think that was yesterday around like 5 p.m. Yes. I don't know anything since then. I Great. had a friend of ours who is a high-level mm-hmm. scout with a Major League Baseball team mm-hmm. send me about six f- trades, which I think are all fake because this person is a well-known liar. <laughs> I know that uh, at 2 p.m. today, the Orioles had yet to trade for a pitcher because I saw a text that said, hey, do you think the Orioles trade for a pitcher before the deadline? That's mm-hmm. all I know. Great. Um, so let's just get the one, you, and, and again, as you mentioned, you correctly identified yesterday around that time, right? Paul Seawald to the Arizona Diamondbacks. And that is, that did indeed happen. And I'm going to say too, as part of this podcast, part of this reveal, 
I'm not going to waste Jake's time by analyzing the prospects the Mariners got back for 20 minutes because he wants to know about the trade. But I can tell you the return. They received three players. They received Josh Rojas with zero home runs this year. Woo, okay, but very, you know, multi-positional, great, whatever. Dominic Canzone, okay, oh. who's, who's fantastic in AAA, just made his major debut, just had a game-winning hit against the Mariners a couple days ago, so they tr- tr- create him. And Ryan Bliss, who we just saw in the Futures game uh, and is, of course, having a monster season in AA. So there you go. I think it's fine. It's a bummer. Like I'm, I'm going to miss Paul Seawald. He's amazing. But like, understand it. Fine. Moving on. What's interesting to me is that there's actually one trade that happened before then, shortly before then, that is very interesting that you somehow didn't see. But it's so interesting that I'm not going to tell you about it just yet. Ah. So, Jake... Let's run through the boring stuff because I think if you're listening to this, you you know what we're building up to. You're in the chat. You're like, oh, I can't wait until he sees this. We're gonna get there, okay? We're gonna get there. So let's just knock out uh, some of the some of the boring stuff, and then we'll have uh, Chris come in and tell us uh, about a trade that has happened. I, I believe in the last ten minutes or so. Okay, so I'm just gonna knock out some of the, some of the boring stuff. Okay, you ready? Yeah, tell me the trade, please. Okay, Brad Hand was traded to the Braves <laughs> from from the from the Rockies from the All Rockies. Right. Okay, so Brad Hand uh, was traded, and and the only the only thing that is notable about this is uh, it is Brad Hand's ninth team, and it is also it also completes the NL East run. For Brad Hand, he has now been on all five NL East teams that get a minor league pitcher back. So, congrats to Brad Hand. The Kelly Johnson Award for playing yes, on all exactly. the teams in the division. Yes. So, Brad Hand uh, goes to the Braves. Very, very funny stuff. But Brad Hand going to the Braves. Oh my God, nine teams. That's so many teams. Well, what does that make you think of, Jake? That makes me think of Rich Hill, Jordan. Rich Hill. And Rich Hill was someone we had our eyes on today. And Rich Hill was traded okay. with G-Man Choi. Okay. <gasps> Package deal of veteran leadership and spunk. Did Rich Hill New- get to his 13th team? He sure did. Yes! Rich Hill is going to the San Diego Padres. What? Okay, sure. Uh, in exchange for three players, Alfonso Rivas, Jackson Wolf, solid left-handed pitching prospect, and Estuar Suero, teenage outfielder, high ceiling, hitting 213 in the complex league. So who knows? Um, but Rich Hill to the Padres. Okay, with G-Man. G-Man, love. G-Man has been hurt for much of this year. But, you know, G-Man awesome. And you know what it made me think of? G-Man had, I remember, a monster homer in Petco Park during the 2020 postseason with Tampa. So, like, yeah. I can, like, see him, like, hitting a homer like that there. Okay, okay, so how are you processing this one? Okay, so this is great because we want Rich Hill to pass Edwin Jackson for the most teams yeah. played for in MLB history. That mm-hmm. record is 14. Rich Hill is now on team number 13. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing that comes to my mind, obviously. The second thing is the idea of a package deal between two guys who I can't imagine had a whole lot of interactions. <laughs> G-Man has been hurt all year uh-huh. and he's a hitter and mm-hmm. I don't think he's fluent in English. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rich Hill is a pitcher who keeps to the pitchers. <laughs> and so in my head, it's like the opposite of Reynaldo Lopez and Lucas Giolito getting traded together where they've been together forever. It's like Rich Hill and G-Man just... Drive it out there together, like when True. Beto O'Rourke and that Republican maybe, maybe congressman a, drove to DC. Yeah, maybe they have a secret, a secret friendship that we, that we don't, don't know. know about. Um, but that is, it is a very funny package that going to the Padres of all teams. And then the last thought, Jordan, I don't. I assume Tim Hill is still in the organization. 
Uh, I think so. Yeah. It's going to have to be T Hill and R Hill. T <laughs> Ooh, oh boy. That's On the back point. of the jersey. Um, I'm two hills. Also- two hills, Jordan. What is this, a mountain range? Yeah. Now, listen, listen, Dick Mountain Range. Now, here's the thing. I, um, you know, I can choose to reveal these trades. That that is one of the more fun ones. But it just felt good to go with Brad Hand because those those trades that happened also like within five minutes of each other. So it was an incredible like Hand went and it was like, oh, he's coming for Rich Hill's record, and then Rich was like, no, you're not. Get out of here. Here's team number thirteen. Okay, so that's great. But I'm going to spoil something for you here now, quickly, which is the whole point of this. That's the only move the Padres have made today. Okay, so I'm just going to say at least so far, at least so far. Um, okay, let's move on to some other uh, kind of generic boring ones. Couple other, uh, three other left-handed relievers. Actually, four left-handed relievers on the move in the last 24 hours. Okay, the first one, uh, Tucker Davidson, who was just DFA'd, goes from the Angels to the Royals. Okay, great, nothing interesting there. Justin Bruhl goes oh, from what? the Dodgers to the Rockies. Both of these guys DFA'd. Oh, you have something to say about Tucker Davidson? Well, no, I just like good for the Royals and the Rockies making moves yeah. that the, they're acquiring players at the deadline. We'd love to see it. Buyers, Kansas City and Colorado. Uh, and then the two other, I think, more interesting ones. One was yesterday. This was last night. Sam Mole. Do you know about Sam Mole? Yeah, he was on the A's for a minute, right? Yes, he's been on the A's. He's actually been pretty solid for the last few years. He was acquired by the Cincinnati Reds. And that is the only move that the Cincinnati Reds have made. And maybe they have something cooking in this last half an hour. But Sam Mole, a lefty reliever who's been quietly decent. But Jake. I'm thinking oh, about a joke yeah. about making a dick mountain out of a Sam Molehill. Yeah, that, that's on. that's totally good. That's totally a joke that would, that would make sense for you to make right now. But here's what was so heartbreaking about this, Jake. Oh, is no. that the A's... Or sorry, I should phrase it this way. The Reds traded away Joe Boyle. And Joe wow. Boyle, who some a lot of people know who's Joe Boyle. Joe Boyle is like one of my favorite prospect enigmas. 80 grade stuff, 20 grade command. His minor league numbers are so outrageous. And that kind of lottery ticket for Oakland to get for Sam Mole, hats off. Love it. Maybe he'll never be in the big leagues, but I hope to see it. Maybe he'll be in the big leagues this year. Um, and I am I am a huge supporter of the the Joe Boyle uh, <laughs> propaganda. So so that's the show, right? Just a couple left-handed relievers. That's it. Uh, let's keep it moving. The last left-handed reliever on the move, Andrew Chafin, going from Arizona to Milwaukee. This one is interesting because they just traded for Paul Seawald yesterday, and then they go around and trade away uh, one of their better relievers this year, Chafin, the lefty. Um, nice move from Milwaukee. They haven't really found another lefty since they traded Hader with all due respect to to boring Hobie Milner, um, who's been like decent. Uh, they got back Peter Strezlecki, who Oh, I like him. Who's pretty good. He hasn't been as good this year as he was as a rookie. So the D-backs get a reliever back, but a little bit of a curious move. I, I do like that for Milwaukee. It's an odd move for the Diamondbacks just because I feel like Chafin is kind of a big part of the vibes over there, or yeah, at least I thought yeah. he was. So totally. either they don't care enough about that, or he actually wasn't as important to that as I thought. Sure. Um, but I, you know, I think it's a nice move from Milwaukee. It's just like he could be good and he's under team control for a million years. So, uh, not the team control should matter for really enough relievers. Right. No more enough relievers. relievers. Let's move on to some. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Jose Quas also traded to the Cubs. So there you go. No uh, <laughs> more relievers, please. All right. No more relievers. No more relievers. Okay. Let's do some position players. Let's do some like mid tier position players. Okay. Great. Jace Peterson 
going to the Diamondbacks. They trade away Josh Rojas. They get older Josh Rojas. Hooray. Amazing. <laughs> okay, now you're like, Jesus Christ, please tell me something more interesting. Mark Canna. Yesterday. Okay. okay, this happened shortly after you went dark. Mark Canna was traded also to the Brewers. Okay. How do we feel about that? Mark Canna is going to adore Milwaukee in the summertime, mm. is my first thought. Mark Canna, who I once sat next to by chance on the seven train going to City Field, is a man, unlike many big leaguers, Jordan, who they live in a city and they play for a team and they drive from big house to baseball stadium to strip mall to top golf to, to home. Mark Canna experiences the towns that he plays in. And yes. I very much respect that. And Milwaukee, as one of the more underrated cities in America, I think is going to be very kind to Mark Canna over the next few months. And I got to say, um, Mark Canna, Mets fans love Mark Canna. How could you not, right? And while the Mets fans have had a lot to deal with recently, uh, this one really did hit them, even if it necessarily didn't say some drastic thing about their competitive window. It was like, that sucks, because Mark Canna is, is the man. Yeah. So I agree. Mark Canna, um, meet me at Eagle Park Brewery in Milwaukee. Uh, Brewers send a decent pitching prospect named Justin Jarvis to the Mets. Next one, let's do who was the best. I'm, I'm jumping ahead here. Okay, you know what? Let's do one from today. Um, this is relevant to something you missed last night. So you didn't watch baseball last night, right? No. Okay. So something happened last night in a game that directly influenced something that happened today. And that oh, is that someone got hurt and so someone team got had to hurt. trade for a guy. Bo Bichette. Oh no. Left the game with a right knee injury. Apparently not serious, but serious enough that they turned around today and said, we need an adult shortstop. At Alberto Mondesi? Oh, my God. What a Elvis Andrews? It's fine. I know you've been biking for 50 miles. You could figure this out if you think about shortstops who are available in trade, but I'm not going to force it. I'm not going to have you on this podcast name a bunch of other terrible guesses. Paul DeYoung is headed to the Toronto Blue Jays, which makes plenty of sense. Uh, They get back a a relief prospect named Matt Swanson. Swanson? Swanson with the V is how Matt Swanson's name is. Spelled, but Paul DeYoung, uh, kind of a what a fascinating career for him. Very strange, you know, lost was a rookie of the year finalist, and then he was an all star, and then he lost his job and was one of the worst hitters in baseball. And then it's kind of rebounded this year to be competent, solid defender, rare pop for the position. Is he going to start? No, like I guess he's a bench bat because he's not going to play second over Whit Merrifield. Um, but this it's an interesting addition, I would say. It gives him, what, two out of the three bird teams. Yep. Maybe he can get traded to the Orioles in the next uh, 10 minutes. Probably not going to happen. Uh, all right. Let's move on to uh, another hitter here. Just because it's an it's it's one that, like, again, I, I guess I should maybe build up to it more because he was the best rental bat available. So, Jamer Candelario, you knew he was going to get traded, right? But I'm not sure you could guess where he was going to get traded because this was not one that was on my radar. And it certainly, here's a good hint for you, certainly would not have been on your radar two weeks ago. He is now back on the Cubs. He is now back on the Cubs. That is correct. They acquired Jamer Candelario for a uh, young shortstop prospect named Kevin Made and a left-handed pitcher named DJ Hers. He's got some big, big numbers, uh, really good changeup. 
Uh, felt a little bit light considering Mike Rizzo was going out there and being like, we have eight teams interested. We're not going to budge until we get the best possible offer. And it was like, oh, okay, like, uh, that's, that's all right. The, that's how it works. Um, yeah. No, it makes sense. But, like, then you see the return. And I think these are totally solid prospects. But how do we forget the prospects? Forget the return for a second. Candelaria back in the Cubs just saw before I went on that he's going to be playing first base because they just DFA'd Trey Mancini. Sorry, I'm dumping a lot on you at once. Hmm. Cubs DFA'd Trey Mancini. So, um, and Eric Osmer is certainly not there anymore. And Matt Mervis is still a AAA. So it sounds like Candelario is going to be playing first base, which is interesting. What do you think about that? Uh, huzzah to the Cubs. Yeah. A week ago, they weren't on any of our radars. We thought Bellinger was going to be out the door. And here they are, lighting the Candelario. Mm -hmm. I love that. Like, just the, the NL Central is just so blah that they could definitely mm -hmm. make this happen now. I, I, I've changed my mind. I'm I'm pro Cubs. Pro Cubs. Uh, all right. I'm going to make the executive decision to bring in producer Chris here. He has informed right. us that he has two trades. Hello, producer Chris. How are you, sir? Hello there, gentlemen. It's great to see you. So Thank since you. we started this, uh, you've told yes. us of about... You told us that two trades have happened. Okay, yes. so I don't know where these one are. went Sorry. down. Maybe like three seconds after we went live. Yeah. Perfect. So I don't know where these are going to rank as I'm building up to, of course, the biggest deals. But I don't care because I want to know. So Chris, let us know the trades now. Aww, Jake and I are finding out together. Poor baby Jordan <laughs> had to wait ten minutes for uh, a trade. I know. I it's know. been nineteen, Jake. It's been, it's 19. been nineteen. Okay. So, uh, so give us that first, first one, one that we have. I'm yep. just going to read the tweet from Jeff Passon, but a whole bunch of people uh, were tweeting it at the same time. The Texas Rangers are acquiring catcher Austin Hedges <laughs> from the Pittsburgh Pirates. Perfect. Amazing. Um, so this is actually only important because Henry Davis is going to catch now. Ben Sherrington said that that now Henry Davis is going to see time behind the plate with Andy Rodriguez. Love that for Pittsburgh. Love that for Henry. Austin Hedges to the Rangers. I mean, great. Like I, but I, I guess Heim's injured. Heim I think, I think is hurt. Heim's That's what hurt. I was going to say. Jonah Heim okay. is on the IL, so this is Heim Got insurance. It. Got it. Austin Hedges is like your quintessential veteran clubhouse catcher, mm -hmm. backup catcher vibes guy, mm -hmm. who, in like a postseason game, mm -hmm. in the seventh inning, uh -huh. if I'm up by three, I might bring in Austin Hedges oh, because no doubt he can defend. He can. And do we have he, a Go ahead. Hedges can can guide this pitching staff to to victory, no matter how injured and volatile it may be. Also important to note, he is as about as bad of a big league hitter as you can be, <laughs> and still be a big. I league know because there were tweets earlier today that was like Austin Hedges is going to get traded. We just don't know where yet. Great defender, twenty eight OPS plus. I was like, holy shit, is even somehow even worse than he's already been. All right, what's the other trade, Chris? Uh, just, just real quick. Firstly, uh, Joel Sherman tweeted that the return for the Pirates was international pool money. I think you're about to oh, ask love that, that Jake. Love so there that. you go. Mm. Huge. One of my favorite players. There. What position does international pool money play? Any position you want, Jake. That's the mm. that's the beauty of it. Is that probably sequel, shortstop? I'm just going to tell you to to international players anthem. <laughs> Very similar. <laughs> All uh, right. Trade number two. Okay. The Arizona Diamondbacks are acquiring outfielder Tommy Pham from the New York Mets. Mm. Okay, very nice. And, very and just nice. on that, by the way, about five minutes ago, John Morosi did tweet that the Mets are active in trade negotiations on multiple players, one being Tommy Pham, uh, two being Adam Ottavino and uh, Brooks Raley as well. 
Got it. So we'll okay. See so those, those that's a bit of a spoiler that those guys have not moved yet, but they still could in the last uh, 10 minutes. But Tommy Pham. Okay. So we mentioned Canna out the door. Tommy Pham now goes also a rental. So makes sense. Tommy Pham quietly having an excellent season. Um, and he's dealt for the second deadline in a row. Uh, Arizona, I guess, just traded away some outfield depth in Canzone who was playing, but Pham is right-handed. Makes some sense. Um, I assume there. I'm curious what the return is there because is he that much worse than Candelario? Like, probably not. Uh, but so if you have the return there, you can you can let us know. Otherwise, we will continue on. Any thoughts on on Fam to the desert? He's sneaky good, dude. Yeah, I like good for the Diamondbacks for being active. Fam yeah. can still very much hit. He was really bad in the beginning of last season, and. Mm-hmm. I think changed a lot of people's opinions on him. Mm-hmm. And then he slapped Jack Peterson. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't sure really envision Tommy Pham and Corbin Carroll having a conversation, but I'm excited mm-hmm. to see that go down. Well said. All right, here we go. Real, real quick, there is oh, another yeah. one. Would you want me to say it right now or you want to go uh, for it off for a little go bit? Go for it. Go, go for, for it. it. Go for it, Chris. Mark Feinsand, the Orioles. Oh, wait, wait. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. A closing wait, 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 in on a wait, deal. Hold up. hold up. Hold up. Wait, wait. I'm going to take my headphones off and not hear you, and I'm going to watch Jordan react, and then Jordan's going to feed it back to me. Okay, oh, go. perfect. Wow. Okay. Yes, perfect. Orioles are closing in on a deal with Cardinals for Jack Flaherty per source. Okay, 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 okay. Don't – Jake doesn't get to know yet. We're, we're pushing that, okay? We're, okay, we're going to – thank you. Thank you, Chris. Oh. Okay, you, you're – this is great. This is great news. Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna hit a couple other ones here, okay? Yeah. Um, when we recorded the podcast – uh, yesterday, we said, what teams are we watching the closest? Buyers that we would like to see do something, right? Buyers that we would like to see do something, okay? And who did you say? The Giants. The Giants. Well, bad news, Jake. The only trade they've made in the last 24 hours is acquire AJ Pollock and Mark Mathias from the Seattle Mariners in exchange for cash or a player to be named later. So unless they got something big cooking in the next 10 minutes, that's what the Giants did. Mark Mathias is just a perfect, like, interchangeable depth Giants I outfielder. I know the Mariners got him as depth and then never even used him in the big leagues. And now he'll go, you know, have a 115 OPS plus for the Giants next that, year. So, yeah, yeah. that feels See, like his dharma. Yes. But this is a, more of a prelude to the more interesting one that is the one that happened yesterday afternoon by the team that I was hoping would do something. And that is the Tampa Bay Rays. And yesterday, the Tampa Bay Rays acquired Aaron Savali from the Cleveland Guardians in exchange for Kyle Manzardo. One for one. We just talked. Ooh, Jake is thinking about this. He's processing everything at once. Wow. We, I just talked about it with the Scherzer deal. Scherzer for a king. You're like, that's weird. You don't normally see like high-end big leaguer for one prospect. And then, bam, this was the first trade we had on Monday. Savali, multiple years of control left, having a fantastic season, very quietly. Strikeout rate down, doesn't matter. He has the lowest ERA of all starting pitchers with at least 70 innings pitched, which is ridiculous. Um, And, you know, he's got five pitches that he uses, very balanced mix. The Rays will certainly know what to do with that. And it it adds a a lot of uh, nice little... And a nice depth there, and a kind of a nice compliment to the like strikeout monsters that the Rays staff mostly consists of. I think this is a huge win for us, the fans. And that is because there is nothing less enjoyable 
than when the Rays play in a game four and it's a bullpen carousel and we have to sit through mid-inning pitching change because they don't have a fourth or fifth starter. And now they have four and maybe five actual Mm -hmm. starting pitchers despite the injuries that they've had this season. Mm -hmm. And so we, the fans, are the winners. Jordan, can you tell – give me a little bit of info on Manzardo. I know Washington State – Kind of yes. an odd place for a hitter yes. to come from in college. But he's just a first baseman who bops, right? First baseman who bops. Second round pick a few years ago. Just a monster season last year. One of the best hitters in the minor leagues. This year goes straight to AAA. Hasn't been quite as good. I think he maybe he's dealt with some injuries along the way. But he was you know, part of the Futures game. And just rave reviews in terms of hit tools in the minor leagues. There's few guys like it. It's an interesting acquisition, though, because he's clearly first base only. And... You know, Josh Naylor's there, and Josh Bell's actually under contract for another year. So, I I mean, it seems pretty extreme to maybe move him into a corner, like a corner outfield spot, but maybe they're going to try that. Either way, like, he's going to be big league ready by the end of this year and certainly next year. It's a great get. But what's more interesting from Cleveland's perspective, as much as we love Manzardo, is like, they're already kind of hemorrhaging innings <laughs> with Bieber and McKenzie still out. I know they got Cindergaard, which was very goofy. But, like, this is... This is weird, and as far as I know, they haven't added, they haven't backfilled Savali in any other way. I know Syndergaard was shockingly decent last night, sort of, with zero strikeouts in five innings, but it was pretty good against the Astros. But that's a, that's an interesting one. I, it's clearly a future, you know, oriented move, which I get, but it's kind of a weird move to see a team that could still win the division trade a guy who's been one of their most reliable pitchers. I mean, Cleveland does this with their starting pitchers; they trade yep. them before they totally. get expensive and or leave. Mm-hmm. And I think if Shane Bieber was healthy and they could get a proper return from him, we would have seen him get traded as well, which we didn't. We didn't know. Shane Bieber was not traded. Uh, All right. Let's move on to a couple other medium-sized ones from today. Actually, really just one more. We we don't have too much more to catch you up on here. Uh, Starting pitching. Okay, I'm going to combine these two because this is this is fun. And, and Chris will probably have to chime in here as it is 558 as we record. So we'll see if we're getting any last minute stuff. Um, Chris, feel free to mention in the chat if we have anything else. So the Detroit Tigers, Jake Mintz. Ooh. Okay. Heard the of Detroit them. Tigers. Heard of them. Familiar. We saw these sellers like the Cardinals and the White Sox. They were getting their business done early and often, uh, trading away all their best players. Great. But the Tigers held on. They didn't do anything. They didn't trade either Erod or Lorenzen into today until like 3 p.m. today when they dealt Michael Lorenzen to where did they trade Michael Lorenzen? Uh, the Orioles? I don't know. <laughs> not the Orioles. Not the Thank Orioles. God. That is not who the Orioles acquired. The Phillies, your second favorite team. The Phillies acquiring Michael Lorenzen for what I assume they hope will just be a better version of Noah Syndergaard from last year. Would Michael Lorenzen be slated to start a postseason game? Probably not. But he is also uh, very adept, obviously pitching in the bullpen. He's coming up on his career innings uh Basically, it would be a career high in innings that he's already at. So to kind of downshift him into a bullpen role at some point makes a ton of sense. Uh, they gave up infield prospect Hao Yu Lee. Um, oh, I like him. Just a one-for-one. One. So he's he's pretty good. Nice little get for for Detroit. Um, so totally solid swap there. And uh, yeah, so Michael Lorenzen was traded to the Phillies. Any thoughts on that? No. All right. So Eduardo Rodriguez, uh, higher upside than Michael Lorenzen. While he was not the all-star... He probably 
could have, should have been. And early in the day, it was like, Erod, 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 Erod's going somewhere, going somewhere, going somewhere. Dodgers in, quote, hot pursuit. Hot pursuit. Yes. Need for speed, hot pursuit, too. No one's ever in cold pursuit. Don't know what that would mean. That's true. Uh, and Chris is telling us we have a couple more trades. But unless Chris will correct me, the latest that I saw about Eduardo Rodriguez was that he vetoed a trade to the Dodgers. Eduardo Rodriguez, his no-trade clause, which limited to block uh, trades to 10 teams, was not nearly as publicized um, as Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander's. But early this morning, it was like, oh yeah, hey, by the way, Erod has a no-trade clause also. Uh, and then like an hour ago, Jeff Passan was like, oh yeah, he used that thing. He's like, I'd rather be on the Tigers apparently, or just, I don't know. So Chris, um, I'm curious if Eduardo Rodriguez has been traded just since quickly, he vetoed the trade. Quickly on uh, the no yeah. trade clause on the veto. There's nothing more badass than vetoing and being able to veto totally. a trade as a player. Totally. Oh yeah. You, you earned so that cool. shit. Yeah. Like you should absolutely use it. If you got it into your contract, like why not flex? Like, absolutely. It's like, oh, what the hell? Why does he want to go to Dodgers? No, it's his life, man. It's not your I life. Want, if you, I, 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 I don't want to live in LA either. I don't want to live in LA either. Yeah. Okay. I get it. I get it, Rob. But anyway, uh, Chris, you tell us we have a couple more trades. Yes. So was one of them Eduardo Rodriguez? It is not. Okay. Okay. As, as of right now. Uh, one of them, mm-hmm. the Yankees. Oh, pause. Uh-huh. Wait. Eh, okay, never mind. Go ahead. Who have the, what have the Yankees done? They're acquiring right-hand pitcher Kenyon Middleton from the <laughs> Kenyon White Sox. Middleton. <laughs> okay. Okay, so the, oh, okay, wow. that's one of them. Is the other one also Yankees or no? No, it's the Phillies are closing in on a deal with Pittsburgh. Okay. Bailey Falter for multi-positional right-hand hitting infielder Rodolfo Castro. Whoa. Whoa. Okay, that one is way spicier because Falter and Castro are both like actual interesting younger pieces for both of those teams of Philadelphia or Pennsylvania trade. I mean, the upside with Castro is pretty significant. That is a strange deal for Pittsburgh. I know they have a lot more coming. Maybe they kind of soured on Castro there. That I like that deal for Philadelphia a lot. I know you're a falter guy, the extension king himself. Um oh no, you're you're not a falter Castro, guy. Castro <laughs> Castro is the dude who had the phone in his pocket. Correct. When he slid and it popped out. Correct. Interesting. Bailey Falter, <laughs> uh I've never seen a player yeah. more openly believe in themselves less. Than Bailey Falter <laughs> at the beginning of this season was just so down. Well, on they ability. weren't exactly putting sad. him in. They weren't probably you know hyping him up to be the man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's I interesting. Mean, I mean, I could see him like again, like Pittsburgh's obviously going to always be looking for some kind of pitching depth. Curious what role that they have in, in mind for him. But let's get back to the Yankees, Jake. Dude, Keenan Middleton, awesome dude. Yes, this happens all the time, right? Reliever is pretty good. Gets hurt. Multi-year injury bounces around, finds yes. his footing, yes. and now is like an acquisition piece. Really happened for for Keenan Middleton. Happy for him. He was really the last piece of the White Sox sell-off, or was he? More on that in a second. But let's talk about the Yankees, Jake. Yeah. Because as of forty-five minutes ago, the Yankees. By the way, we're past the trade deadline now, so but we have a lot more to get to. Jake still is in the dark. As of 45 minutes ago, Jake, the Yankees were the one team in baseball that had yet to make a single trade. Okay? So okay. that's 
how I'm going to preface this. Okay. So look, how do you how do you take that information by by telling you that? It reminds me of the year where they everyone wanted them to make a deal and they made the trade with the Rockies for yes, yes, there was Joe a lot. Harvey. Bingo. Well, they traded Joe Harvey away to the Rockies. And that is one of my favorite moments in baseball Twitter history. And uh, <laughs> there was already some discourse about that exact trade like eight hours ago. I believe uh, <laughs> Big Baby David, BBD from John Boy tweeted like, this is what this deadline feels like. And it sounds like that's exactly what happened. So that's amazing. That's so all Keenan Middleton, as far as we know right now, is the only move the New York Yankees made. Chris, can you verify that? So far, what are we? Uh, how far? So four minutes after the deadline, four minutes still after nothing stuff else will, coming in about the Yankees. Stuff will so still like. can leak out as late as like 6-12 or so, but we're going to hold that, okay? I, I can hear the booing on the streets of Manhattan, Jordan. <laughs> um, okay, so all that we said. We want Randall Gritchick! We <laughs> wanted Randall Gritchick now! Let's move on. Let's go back, Jake. Let's not make you wait anymore before we get uh, to some some other bigger ones. Let's talk about that Orioles trade that uh, Chris just told me. But before that, okay. I need to preface this with easily the funniest moment of the day, okay? Okay. Because this afternoon, a very minor trade was made between your Baltimore Orioles and my beloved Seattle Mariners. And this trade You know that reported. meme where it's like the black hand and the white hand clapping? Yes. This is us. that, except it's two white hands. Yes. And guess what? This trade is not that exciting, but here's why it is so funny. The Orioles acquired a pitcher from the Mariners named Logan Reinhardt. <laughs> oh, man. I already know where this is going. Okay. Can I, I already know where it's going. And Logan so, Reinhardt sounds like Logan Gilbart. And I probably, who would, who would fuck this up? Bob Nightingale or John Heyman so, tweeted... That Logan no Gilbert one, was no one fucked it up, but when we're all spending all day waiting for the Orioles to do something and the Mariners, and to see Logan mm, or RT with Orioles from Mariners, people freaking lost it. It was so funny. But all of that is a lead up to a deal that Chris has just informed so me of. Who did the Orioles give up for Logan Reinhardt? Edward Bizardo, who was about to be amazing in the Mariners bullpen, one million percent. Hype about that. Okay, anyway. But Chris just informed me that they did finally do something because as you said, by 2 p.m., they had not acquired anybody. They had not acquired anybody, Jake. But it sounds like they finally have. So Chris, I'll let you do the honors and it sounds like we have the return as well. So why don't you go ahead and tell Jake Mintz with his headphones on who the Baltimore Orioles have acquired. The Baltimore Orioles are finalizing a deal for right-hander Jack Flaherty from the St. Louis Cardinals. Huh. Here we go. Jack yeah. Flaherty, who somehow made it. And of course, when I got on this live stream, I was like, how the hell has Jack Flaherty not been traded yet? And there is our answer. Jack Flaherty is on the Orioles now uh, in exchange for, if the information is correct here, Chris, infielder Cesar Prieto and left-hander Drew Rom. Yep. Oh. And then we so? do have another trade as well okay. that Bob Dunningale just tweeted. The Mets are sending reliever Dominic Leone to the Angels. Okay. That oh, makes- my God. <laughs> Holy shit. No way. That makes... Dominic Leone to the Angels. That makes a lot of sense. I'm melting. I know. Good for the Angels. Perry's still pushing it all wow. in. Wow. Uh, like thank you. 
This is like the Soto deal from last it's, year. It's the same thing. Um, okay, hey, Jack Flaherty and the Orioles, let's talk about it. Then we only have a couple more to get to, and, and the fact that you still don't know about one of them is pretty hilarious. Uh, Jack Flaherty to the Orioles is super interesting. He doesn't feel like a pitcher that's particularly fun to watch right now. No. Considering he doesn't always throw a lot of strikes. Mm -hmm. But worst case scenario, he doesn't pitch well and they call Irvin him to triple A. <laughs> Best case scenario. Well, no, they're, they're not going to do that. He's a rental. It's going to send him. I mean, that that would be so funny. If Cole, if That's what they up. did with Cole Irvin. They traded for him and just we had two bad starts. So they sent him to Norfolk. That Jack Flaherty. A little different. Jack Flaherty and the Orioles will be fine. I, I hope he is goofy enough for the spitting the water bit. Yes. I hope he's not too cool for school for that. He will enjoy Baltimore for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, he has done a better job of keeping the ball on the ground this year. He's added a cutter. The strikeouts are still nowhere to be found. The walks are still way up. But he throws enough pitches and sort of knows what he's doing enough to the point where um, he's he's solid. Right. But And also, he has every motivation in the world to pitch well because in a crowded yeah. free agent market this winter for pitchers, like he really needs to do something to stand out. So, O's liftoff. Oh, <laughs> liftoff, baby. Uh, that is the only Orioles move we have to report, I believe. Chris, do you have another trade before we really get to the big, the big fun stuff? Not as of yet. No. Okay. So here we go, Jake. Two more trades that you need to know about. The first one is my favorite one of the day. And this came in about an hour ago, a little before we started. And just delights my warm soul. This is the one that shocked me, that made me say, wow, the biggest. And it is just so much fun. And you will love it especially because your name is Jake. And this yeah. trade was a Jake for Jake swap. Oh! But you could never possibly guess unless you would like to guess a Jake that was traded in a deal that I am hyping up to this degree. Jake Diekman for Jake Westbrook and Jake Arietta. Oh, what a what a swap. Uh, not quite. Would you like to take one more guess? No, go ahead. The Miami Marlins have acquired Jake Berger from the wow. Chicago White Sox in exchange for, for left-handed pitching Jake prospect Jake Eater. Eater. Yes. It's one for one. One for one, baby. One for one. Jake, Jake Berger. Jake. Oh. So there was a lot of discussion about, oh, the White Sox, okay, Middleton will go, cease, maybe cease, maybe cease, maybe cease. Doesn't seem like he got traded. Uh, but Jake Berger, guy, of course, you know, many years of control. What a delightfully fun player. And for a Marlins team that has gotten just an absolute disaster of production <laughs> from third base, from Gene Segura, I guess they're just going to have Jake Berger just go hang out over there and do his best to stay in front of the ball and hit some home runs. He's got 25 homers this year in 88 games. What a delightfully bizarre group of players they have. The idea that one baseball team can employ such different athletes as Jake Berger, Jazz Chisholm, and Louisa Rise warms <laughs> the soul to an unbelievable degree. That yeah. two Jakes were traded for each other, and mm -hmm. I, a Jake, did not even know about it. It's great. Wow. Love this for, for, I mean, it's like White Sox fans are like, 
bummed because Jake Berger, even if you're going to go into this rebuild, like you would like to have Jake Berger around just because he's Jake Berger. He's great. You love watching Jake Berger. And so it's, that sucks. But like Jake Eater is a, is a really, really good pitching prospect. The Marlins have a million of them. They were going to have to trade one of them at some point. And this is a fascinating way to go about doing that. So this one is just a, such a fun, fun deal and such a weird one. There is a name that you have not said all day, Jordan. <laughs> yes, there is. But before we get to that, uh, producer Chris has two more trades that hopefully won't uh, involve the last one that we're getting to. It will not. The Miami Marlins are acquiring more Marlins. first baseman Josh Bell from the Cleveland Guardians oh! for infielder Gene Segura and infield prospect Khalil Watson. <gasps> whoa, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Wait, 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 wait. Wow. Hold on a second. Hold on. Whoa there. Whoa there, partner. Oh, huh. my God. Okay. Khalil Watson. <sighs> okay. So this is a great case of like, Chris, I love you, man. This is a tough one to just drop on us. Like, I almost wish <laughs> you understood the full <laughs> levels. Picture. Now, you got to be a le- pretty big dork to understand why this right. is such a big deal to us. Here, here we go. Here we go. I'll, I'll start. Josh Bell, who we just said a couple of minutes ago, was under contract in Cleveland for another year. And what does that mean for so Kyle Manzardo? So he has Manzardo? a player option for next year, which we assume okay. he'll pick up. Yeah. Right. So he is now going to Miami, which is especially weird because they just traded for Jake Berger. So again, the fact that Josh Bell, Jake Berger, Luis Arise, Jazz Chisholm, four very different athletes can all be on the same team is outstanding. Good for the Marlins. Love that. They are giving up, however, Jordan. Gene Segura, who I would imagine Cleveland might just... Could just be a DFA situation. Could, yeah. I mean, it's funny because like the best version of Gene Segura is right, is is a perfect Cleveland Guardian, but... He's not that anymore. Maybe there's root, but no, they're not going to have him block into the young guys. So yeah, I, he's probably not a factor. But Khalil Watson is a fascinating get for the Cleveland Guardians. Jordan, give people the Spark Notes version of Khalil Watson. So Khalil Watson was the Marlins 16th overall pick in 2021 out of a high school in North Carolina. And he just had some of the most explosive electric bat speed that really anyone's ever seen on like a high schooler, but limited track record uh, on the summer circuit. And it was just kind of, it all happened very quickly for Khalil Watson to kind of move up very high on the draft boards. But there was a lot of buzz for him, even in the top five. And so on draft day for him to go all the way down to 16 was seen as a real slide. Mm -hmm. And then upon reaching pro ball, he was a bit of a catastrophe. He was horrible on the field. He had a couple off the field issues where he got suspended, including a situation where he pointed a bat at a third base umpire like a weapon when he got punched out. Now, this is a very, you know, complicated example of how much is the player being powered? We don't know. How much is it him being a schmuck? We don't know. But it seemed pretty clear that Khalil Watson and Miami were not going to vibe. Yes. And so for him to now be on the move is a very good thing for Khalil Watson to leave the organization in baseball that is the worst at developing hitters to the organization that is has a pretty solid reputation to developing bats. Yeah, or at least developing people and players, people. right? Yeah. Um, and so I love that fit. Again, like Cleveland, you don't get any chances. I mean, he's still 20. This year, it's about a 700 OPS, you know, in A ball, in high A. 
there's been flashes. There's been moments. It looks like he was sent back to the complex league like three days ago. I don't know if that was an injury or if it was whatever. Just a fascinating. That is really, really, really something. So, wow. Okay, well, I'll have to digest that more. Chris, was there one more before we get to our grand finale? Two more now. Okay. One of them. The New York Mets are acquiring pitchers Phil Bickford and Adam Kolarek. Is that how you pronounce it? Oh, Kolarek. Okay, yeah. Kolarek from the Dodgers. Sure. Whatever. That's one. That's uh, no. Keep keep going. <laughs> what the Marlins? The Marlins also acquire pitcher Ryan Weathers from the Padres for Garrett Cooper and Sean Reynolds. Okay, huh. that is very interesting. Um, the again a first round pick that a team in this the Padres are kind of giving up on the Marlins recoup a left handed pitcher in Ryan Weathers and Garrett Cooper, who I guess is now being displaced by Jake Berger and Josh Bell goes to San Diego as a way to bolster the Padres offense, which has been frustratingly not amazing. So I actually like that for both sides, I think. Sean Reynolds is an interesting one. Former hitting prospect who converted to the mound is now just a really hard-throwing relief prospect. So like that flyer for San Diego, but that's a funky one. The Padres, I guess, did sneak in one more move. It's also odd because I feel like the Padres needed a left-handed bat on the bench and Gary Cooper hits right. Agree. Totally agree with you. So that is definitely strange. However, still probably better than Matt Carpenter at this point. Yeah, either way. So totally understand. Okay. Chris. That's it, Chris. That's it. As of right now, yes, that's it. Jake Mintz, you were saying there was one name we had not mentioned yet. Yeah. Who's that? Mike Trout. <laughs> that's true. We haven't mentioned him yet. He was or not sh- traded today. Or Shohei Otani. Otani also not, not dealt. So not, not traded. The obvious name that is missing is Justin yes. Verlander. Yes. And when Max Scherzer was traded to the Texas Rangers and they asked Justin Verlander how he felt about it, he had some quotes that made it pretty obvious that he did not really want to be there anymore. Read between the lines. And so I would imagine that Justin Verlander was dealt away. Am I correct? You are correct, sir. But because Justin Verlander also had a no-trade clause, he effectively was able to decide, "Eh, I'd actually rather go here than here. Now, let me say first, the day began with all kinds of goofiness. The Braves are interested. The Padres are interested. The Orioles are interested. Okay, but is Justin Verlander going to go to Baltimore? Probably not. Okay. But Giants, eh, it seems like they were in and then out pretty quickly. So then, of course, it's the Dodgers and it's the Astros. Amazing. And uh, yeah, what do you didn't think? He, didn't he used to play for the Astros? Yeah, that wasn't that long ago, right? I think it was I last see. year. He won the Cy Young yeah, with the Astros yeah. last year. Yeah. World Series, too? Yeah. Won the World Series? Yeah. So what do you think? You think he's going back there or you think he's going to the Dodgers? I think he's going to the Astros. You are correct. Justin Verlander returns to Houston. Remember, it's just a few months ago where they wouldn't pay the price as much as Jim Crane loved him. (laughs) But it appears that Jim Crane once again decided, yeah, guess what? (laughs) I want Justin Verlander on my team again. And if Jim Crane would get involved... Now, I will say the Mets are sending a crazy amount of money again, but I, we don't really need to talk about that much again. Okay. Crazy I, amount Well, of I money think again. that's part of it, but go ahead. Yeah. But 
um, as we saw with the Scherzer deal, like they did pretty well to get Luis Angel Acuna. So Justin Verlander returns to Houston, which I think does not shock you as much as it would with the Dodgers. So as evidenced by, yeah. No, I I think Justin Verlander was very happy there. Yes. And had a life that was comfortable there. Yes. And was kind of dictate things as he wished in that space. And so that was probably a more appealing avenue than Los Angeles. Yes. All of that is true. Um, But what does it cost to get Justin Verlander to return to Houston? What do you think? Uh, Jeremy Pena. (laughs) (laughs) What do the Mets need Jeremy Pena for? No. Uh, Uh, Hold on. I'll give you. costs Hunter Brown. No, 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 no. I don't know. No, no. Uh, here's a hint. Um, and this is going to be our final topic on today's show. The Mets are, um, because I'm, I'm not really spoiling anything because they traded Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer. It sounds like the Mets are uh, looking a little bit farther ahead than we might have originally foreseen. Okay. Yeah. So we're focused on acquiring prospects, Jake Mets. Prospects. Uh-huh. Okay. So who did they acquire? Drew Gilbert. They acquired Drew Gilbert and Ryan Clifford who is also a top five prospect for the Astros. So they managed to get Drew Gilbert and Ryan Clifford. You love Drew Gilbert. Talk about Drew Gilbert. Drew Gilbert is an electric factory. You remember him from the University of Tennessee when he hit the walk-off home run. He's the guy who spiked his helmet on the ground and got ejected. He was the face, the energy, the heart, and the soul behind the 2022 Tennessee Volunteers. Super interesting player. Very, like, you just don't see outfielders built like him. Mm -hmm. It looks more like a professional running back or fullback than he does an outfielder, but he's super athletic, very tightly wound, more pop than you'd expect from a guy's size. That's a fun get for the Mets, actually. So him and Ryan Clifford, the two who got the two highest bonuses from the Astros last year, Clifford was an 11th rounder, really sweet left-handed swing, North Carolina high schooler, Vanderbilt commit. They paid him a bunch of money to get him to sign. He's been fantastic in pro ball. A little bit concerning. He's already playing more first base than corner outfield, but you're buying the bat here and like that's, I mean, he's. these are two very, very, very good prospects. Gilbert's in double-A now. We saw him at the Futures game. We had a conversation with him at the Futures game. You might be hearing some of that uh, at some point later this week, so you can keep an eye out for that one. Uh, but also, like, still no pitchers. Um, now, again, they, they, you know, would say, oh, well, first of all, reunited with uh, Blade Tidwell, so I guess that's kind of cool uh, in the Mets system. But, yeah, like, Gilbert and Clifford, like, this, they are making their farm system a lot better. But this brings us to the money quote from Max Scherzer, okay? This is our oh. final topic, okay? Because this is not, like, listen, we'll talk, of course, we'll continue to talk about the Astros and Verlander and everything. That's, it's great for them. It's great for him. I'd rather have him than Scherzer at this point. All those things are obvious. Great. They've had a million pitching injuries this year that they've managed to, you know, come overcome, and now they'll have Justin Verlander. Great. How much money is coming back in the deal? like 35 million for the next two years. And then also if the option gets vested for 2025, another half of that, which is just like, it's just, I mean, Steve Cohen is, this is just an unbelievable way. And as we we talked about yesterday, right? A repurposing of the investment, but man, oh man. I got to say that is great business by Jim Crane because he, he gets Justin Verlander for way less than he would have gotten totally. Justin Verlander for a couple months ago. Totally. Now, yes. Now, some people are saying, well, it still looks shitty for them because you just gave up two of your top prospects when you could have just gave them the money, which fair. Like, that's a fair that's a fair take. Uh, but 
I am curious about the dynamics of Jim Crane here. And did, did Dana Brown really want to give up both these guys? Probably not. But ultimately, we know who's who's calling the shots there. But let's get to Max Scherzer, okay? Because we have some quotes in The Athletic from Max Scherzer that really, really kind of sets the tone for the Mets conversation. Because as Chris informed us, there are a lot of Mets guys out the door and then those two random relievers coming back. I don't understand that at all. Whatever. Max Scherzer, quote, I talked to Billy. I was like, okay, are we reloading for 2024? He goes, no, we're not. Basically, our vision now is for 2025, 2026. 25 at the earliest, more like 26. We're going to be making trades around that. Scherzer continues. I was like, so the team is not going to be pursuing free agents this offseason or assemble a team that can compete for a World Series next year. He said, no, we're not going to be signing the upper echelon guys. We're going to be on the smaller deals within free agency. 24 is now looking to be more of kind of a transitory year. So here we have it. And then while Billy Eppler came out yesterday after the Scherzer deal and said, this is repurposing, this is not a fire sale, this is not all these things. Okay, dude, sure. (laughs) And here's the thing. It might be the right move. This might set up the Mets for great success from 2026 to 2029. Very possible. But like... Man, that is just such a hard pivot. A U-turn for the ages, Jake I mean, you can't skirt any harder in the other direction than this from the Mets. It is shocking. It is a shocking, shocking thing. And while Mets fans are like, hell yeah, this is better than getting embarrassed in the postseason or wasting these guys. It's like, okay, that's fine. You're probably right. But wow, this has happened so quickly. And wow, you're really just going to just say, sorry, guys, suck it up and we'll see you in a few years and get ready to tweet about the Binghamton Rumble Ponies. Man, oh man, that's wild. What a pivot. A pivot so hard is to travel. Uh, Just think about where we were four months ago with Steve Cohen opening his wallet. They almost got Carlos Correa. Right? Think about if that goes down where we're at right now. Because that team's not any better if Carlos Correa's on it. He's not no, saving the Mets this no, year. No definitely way. not. It might be worse. It might be worse. And so here's what I am most – there's so many levels of this. The one that comes to my mind first is Billy Epler, if we believe what Scherzer said, which I do, is talking about the Mets' plan as if they didn't go out last offseason – and spend more money on players than any team in the history of the sport. This is not like they made a couple moves to kind of go for it in the offseason. They were running the highest payroll ever, ever. And now Billy Epler's being like, well, you know, uh, we're going to look forward to uh, 2021. No, you can't do that. I mean, you you can. It's just hard to fathom. They spent all winter... All winter, Steve Cohen was basically like uh, an NFL linebacker on third down, hyping up the home crowd, <laughs> being like, let me hear you. Here we go. Oh, Let's yeah. go Mets, right? And then halfway through the year, it doesn't work, and he just hits a U-turn. Here's the thing that frustrates me more about this than anything else. And I've been tough on Billy Epler. I'm going to keep being tough on Billy Epler. Giving him the keys to drive this vehicle is nuts. And I understand that they're going to hire someone to be above him this offseason. 
Why are you letting Billy Epler, the guy who got you in this mess in the first place by not identifying the players correctly, or maybe Steve Cohen is like, hey, you need to do this. You have to do that. Billy Epler does not have a track record of success from his time in Anaheim. He could not get the Angels to the postseason with Trout and Otani in the fold, right? And we're trusting him to identify the prospects to get back? I like the moves that the Mets made today. But why would I trust what Billy Epler has to say? He's the one who got them into this mess in the first place. And chances are he's not going to be the one with the grand vision moving forward because they're going to bring somebody else in this offseason. To agree with that. And so that's why it's very confusing to me. I will say, to say he got them in the mess is maybe a little aggressive just because like, it depends how you define the mess. Because He did not steer them away from the mess. No, I mean, right. They... It didn't work for whatever reason that the, most of the moves he made did not work, right? So yes, I, I agree with you on that front. But like, it's just, it puts this roster, even if it's the right move, why would I expect Pete to be on the team next year? You know? Like Lindor's, and if you're Nimmo, oh my God. If you're Brandon Nimmo right now, like I know you yeah. were making us so much money and he's he's playing great and he's Brandon Nimmo's going to be fine. But like, man, like that's like when you think about how they talk about coming to the Mets and, and what it, what, why they wanted to do that. And lucky to Verlander and Scherzer that they were able to go elsewhere, right? But not everybody else is going to have that, that luxury. And so it's, that's what's, that's really what's fascinating about this. And so I understand the Mets amidst this Mets fans, amidst this miserable season to say, you know what? This is the right move. Who cares how much money we're paying these other teams in Texas for their, to have these players play for them. That's whatever. Steve Cohen has an infinite money. That's fine. But boy, oh boy, man. It's just like, I just, now I just look at all these other, there's still a lot of really good players on this team. And I'm just like, what are they doing here? Like, and now we're just, this whole offseason is just going to be like, who are they going to trade next? And as far as I'm concerned, it's basically anybody not named Francisco Lindor. Um, but who knows? Maybe he gets into the discussion too. I just don't know. Steve Cohen, this is weird, man. Because he's <laughs> making the investment, but he's doing it poorly. And yeah. Mets fans seem to, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't know if you know this, I haven't been online today. <laughs> Mets fans seem to be following Uncle Steve blindly down his path. Which I get to a point because he does offer more confidence than the Wilpons do. Mm-hmm. So does my left big toenail. Um, so does producer Chris. No offense, Chris. But I don't know if that's the right. Like, if I'm a Mets fan, I don't feel good today. Yeah. yeah. I don't feel good today, even if the bigger picture is rosier, because the fact that we failed sticks with me. Uh, is there another? I think we have a couple more trades. Um, so Chris can tell us that in a second. We are going to wrap this pod soon. Uh, this has been so much fun and I know everyone in the chat, um, we appreciate a lot. I'm just reading back some of the comments and they're very funny. So thank you to everyone who tuned in. We hope you enjoyed this. Uh, but Chris, give us the last few and then we'll we'll wrap this pod. Yeah, I think it looks like that these are the last few um, that are coming in. Uh, the okay. Dodgers have acquired Ryan Yarbrough from the Royals. Okay. that's yeah. Yarbrough has been the sneak. It's funny how the Royals, we all made fun of them for the Nicky Lopez trade and then they've quietly actually made some other deals did they have any more the red sox are acquiring infielder luis urias from the milwaukee brewers okay i've always liked luis urias i guess he's just on the outskirts now and milwaukee's been hurt i believe that seems like a kind of a nice deal for boston very strange okay 
And the last one, the Padres are requiring Scott Barlow from the Kansas City okay. Royals. Okay, so the Royals do ultimately trade Scott Barlow, and the Padres are the ones to do it. I would be curious about the return for that trade if you happen to have it. Uh, otherwise, Jake, any thoughts on those final see. ones? Not really. The Urias one is odd. He's been horrible this year for yeah. Milwaukee. I bet the Red Sox think they can get him some more playing time and get him out of the funk. There's a little bit more infield room now there uh, that Kike's been been boot scooted yeah and trevor story will be back soon but like the one thing about the red sox and you know i just watched the red sox against the mariners last night like that is a very left-handed team um and story will help that but besides justin turner when it's you know yoshida and verdugo endeavors and, and casas like i think urias will probably help to balance that out um respect to rob ref snyder but you know, I think Arias will also help uh, in that in that effort. So there you go, Jake. I think we we did the trade deadline. How are you feeling? We we did the trade deadline. I'm feeling good. Certainly not as spicy as last year. No, I mean, um, well, we, it was it, Juan Soto will, getting traded. I mean, it was like Eric Hosmer stopping the Juan Soto trade. Like, come on. Last year was an all timer. Mm-hmm. It really was an all timer. Yeah, this lived up to the hype. The my favorite moments: the Rich Hill reveal. Really brought me <laughs> to tears, and the Jake Jake swap was great too. I am right. I and and you know, I should I have saved the Rich Hill one for later, maybe. But I wanted to you know set the tone early. Uh, but yeah, it was it was it was a solid it was a solid uh, solid pace of deals. Um, definitely some interesting ones to chew on. That Cleveland Miami one, the yeah. Marlins here. I mean, wow! Like I am so fascinated by everything they're doing here, Cleveland as well. So. Excited to dig in on those trades. The one thing you said to me earlier is the that Bob Nightingale had a day. Do you <laughs> want to go into any more details yes. on that? Yes. Um, so uh, the main uh, Bob Nightingale moments, um, and by the way, I, you know, Heyman had some all-time typos for sure. But the main uh, Bob moments were, first of all, he, he was first on Verlander correctly. So that was amazing. But then he, pro- so boom. So Bob first on uh on Verlander, so credit to him. But then he responded by saying that they uh, that the Mets have acquired Logan Gilbert uh, from the Astros, um, not Drew Gilbert. So that confused a lot of yes. people very quickly. So that was that was yes. perfect. There was another moment where, for the Brad Hand trade, um, he tweeted Brad Hand who faced Atlanta in the World Series last year, goes to Atlanta. So think about that one. Nope, he didn't. Not a thing that happened. He did pitch in the World Series last year for the Phillies against the Astros, but not for the Astros against the Braves in 2021. So that one was also uh, quite humorous. But all in all, um, it was... Uh, oh, oh and, the, oh, and the best thing about the him breaking the Verlander trade is that it had an exclamation point at the end. So the tweet was like, the Astros have acquired Verlander, exclamation point, which you just don't see. Like, you would never see an exclamation point in any <laughs> of the other reporters' tweets ever. So that just killed me. I love it. It was, it was a great day for Bob. All right, Jordan. Uh, we did it. I'm so proud of us. I'm so proud of you. Thank you for indulging us, indulging me. Producer Chris, you are the best. Thank you for producing this episode of Baseball Barbercast, which we will send you the audio for shortly. If you enjoyed this, you should listen to Baseball Barbercast. We'll have another episode either tomorrow or later this week for sure to kind of fully uh, kind of digest the trade deadline. Be sure to leave us a review, a rating, and whatnot. You can follow us, subscribe to YouTube, Twitch. We'll hopefully be doing more live streams um, 
like this in the future. So we hope you all enjoyed that. Uh, Clueless Joe Jackson, final words uh, for this trade deadline reveal before we say goodbye. Now I know, Jordan. I've turned the question mark upside down. I have seen the truth, and now I can move forward with my life. Thank you, Jake Mintz. Uh, and we will talk to you guys all soon. Goodbye. Serious XM Podcasts.